welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. It is an absolute pleasure today to talk to a lady who I met in November last year, I think it was. The absolutely lovely, delightful and inspiring, mega inspiring, Christine Walsh-Egan. Thanks for joining me. Hello. <laughs> uh, mega inspiring. Hmm. The, the bar has been set pretty high. Look, it's nothing much today. Just a chat about how you can change everyone's lives is really all I'm <laughs> I'm only right. joking. I wanted to explain that when I met you, it was at a it was at a, a retreat, a mastermind retreat with other women who have online businesses, women who are really trying to um, create change in the world, a lot of them, um, through lots of different means. And you and I immediately gelled because I was <laughs> like, hey. I think there's a hippie in the room. <laughs> Not <laughs> only a hippie, but a mom of three, of three right. just like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have such an amazing story that I just feel like needs to be shared everywhere. And you are doing an amazing job of sharing it um, through your Redefining Healthy movement and your book, um, A Healthy Girl's Guide to Breast Cancer, which is amazing and essential oh, reading. Uh because the thing about you is that, you know, when, when I think of um, cancer, I think of either old age, I mm. think of um, unhealthy people or, you know, and what I'm realizing as I get older is that it doesn't discriminate and you can be as healthy as you like, but you could still end up with this diagnosis. So what we're going to be talking about today is how a really healthy girl dealt with her diagnosis of cancer and what she learned along the way that has led her to this movement of redefining healthy. So, no mean feat. Let's do this. Tell me, who was Christine before the diagnosis? Give us a bit of a background. So, the girl before the cancer was this really healthy person. Like, my uh, two of my kids were born at home, like this whole crunchy granola lifestyle. Um, we grew most of our own food here at the house in a garden. And if it wasn't at our garden, it was at a community garden, like in my town. Um, we homeschooled our kids, like this whole, like, small, close-knit family. And we had been living this really healthy lifestyle for 25 plus years. Like this wasn't something that, you know, since my kids were born, I kind of just, you know, got healthier. It was something that we were practicing for, you know, quite a number of years. And then like, bam, out of left field, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, But let me even say one other part that I was so um, on so ingrained in this health field that I went back to school to the Institute of Integrated Nutrition and became a certified health coach. So I had my own private practice of helping moms in my community become healthier so that they could have healthier families. And then that's when I was diagnosed, uh, you know, while I had this whole like thriving private practice. And it was, like I said, totally out of left field. And, um, how to come up with ways on on how to go about dealing with this whole cancer treatment. How were you, like, were you cross 
when you were diagnosed, how did you actually react? Because I would feel ripped off if I, <laughs> and like what, so number one, how did you feel? And then number two, what did it help you start to realize about what healthy really meant? Well, when I was first diagnosed, I kind of just took that, okay, what do I need to do yep. mentality? I was, I, I didn't even give myself time to be angry. It was more like, okay, here's the list of things that I'm supposed to do. Let me start with number one. Mm. I mean, I didn't even know how to call a doctor's office Get to out. say, Get out. I'm serious. I didn't know what to say. I literally didn't know what to say, like on the other line, like, hello, I have breast cancer. What do I do? Like, yeah, right. I didn't even know what yes. the verbiage was to say to the receptionist on the other line. I kind of just went into that work mode of let's figure out how to go about fixing this. Because um, how old were and, your kids at that stage? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe 8, 10, and 12. Yikes. Yeah, still young, mm -hmm. and uh, we homeschooled, so they were, you know, here. Um, but it, the whole diagnosis helped me realize how to have fun mm. and how to reprioritize things in my brain. Right. And when you were asking me about the old Christine, I wanted to interject in there that the old Christine was so stressed about raising three kids mm -hmm. and being this mom and being this healthy person mm -hmm. and homeschooling these kids and trying to do everything right for not only myself, right? Because I thought I was yeah. doing everything right, but for my family too. And when that diagnosis got me and shook me, I think the big part of it was letting all those preconceived notions of what being perfect and what being right look like, all that went out the window because I was forced to have fun with my kids when I was feeling well. So in between treatments and whatever, we snuggled and we watched comedies together in bed or... Um, you know, we wouldn't do all the things that we were supposed to be doing. We wouldn't go to every single karate, you know, tournament. We didn't go to every dance class. You know, we didn't run from place to place mm. like we were doing for so long because I just couldn't. And that kind of just forced us to all like take a step back and regroup as a family and have fun. Mm. And the kids became a really big part of that. Meaning they would call me out if I was driving and I would start getting anxious because we were behind a slow car and I had to get them someplace. They'd be like, relax, mom. Like they were ready to call me out on things and they still do. And I love that. They're always, you know, reminding me of how to stay grounded and how to stay present with them because I wasn't doing that. Even though I thought I was, I wasn't. And do you think from what you've learned now about, about healthy, you know, it's not just ticking the box of eating organic food and uh, having babies at home or those sorts of – so you think it's it, the stress, the pace of life, 
all those things, you know, how much of that do you think plays a part in an overall healthy life? Because everyone's so busy. Everyone's so stressed. I say to my husband, I'm at capacity. And I'm really conscious of those words now, especially through stories like yours. Yeah. I think that the stress level played a huge role in not only how I felt up in here in my own head, but what it was doing to my body, right? I, I, the best way I could describe it is like when the cell phone isn't at, um, when the, the battery drains and we just plug it in for a few minutes and it never fully charges yes. and it's always kind of going down yes. and you down, you're like, oh my God, I hope it lasts. That was pretty much my life. Wow. And so now I'm so conscious of what it takes to recharge that battery. And sometimes, some days, it's eating really good, healthy food because I know that that's what it's going to take for me to get to that 100%. And other times, it means having lunch with my kids and being really present because mm. that's what's going to get me to that 100 on my uh, battery life. Sometimes it's exercising because I know that's what is really needed. And maybe it means exercising with the kids, not just by myself. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, how to do, how to get joy, like maximum capacity. And I don't mean that like in a stressful way, like adding another stress and like, oh, I got to find the joy, got to find the joy. It's more like um, a fun challenge of how can I find the joy in today? Yeah. And believe me, my kids know when I'm doing laundry because I'm miserable. All right. I'm always yelling. I'm grumpy. They know it. But I get to watch my like crappy TV while I fold the laundry. Like highlight joy in the. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, that's the the only reason why I now do ironing is because it gives me a free pass to watch Netflix. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Guilt-free, because what else am I going to be doing, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so is that what, um, you know, hashtag redefining healthy, is that what redefining healthy is for you? Is that the message that you want to get out there? Well, I, the message I want to get out there is, you know, we could eat broccoli 24-7, and if we're in a loveless marriage, that broccoli isn't going to keep us healthy. Mm. We could be drinking green smoothies all day long, but if I turn around and I'm barking and yelling at my kids the rest of the day, that's not going to keep me healthy. Mm. So it's, I like to say it's finding the unexpected and delightful ways that make us feel healthy. Now, for some of that, that could be a dance party and that could be a dance party with the kids. That could mean making sure I get out in nature every day and that could be by myself or that could be with the kids. Like it's it's finding that balance of the things that make me happy. And sometimes it incorporates the family and other times it doesn't. And that's okay. And tell me what about what about your relationship with your husband? You know, what what does a diagnosis like cancer do and how have you guys redefined a healthy relationship? Yeah. Well, um I talk about in my book literally coming home later that day after being diagnosed and looking at myself in the mirror and saying to myself, how did I not give my body the gratitude that it, it deserved? I mean, it, 
I gave birth to three kids. I breastfed three kids. I ran half marathons. Like, how could I not be in love with this body? Like, how could I have been, how could I be mad at this body? And that mind shift that I worked on all the time, and still to this day work on, has changed me from the inside of not nitpicking, Mm -hmm. meaning I'm not looking at my thighs. I'm not looking at the scars that have been left over on my body, like picking at that every day, like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, you could see this through the shirt or whatever. It's really showing your body the gratitude that Mm. it deserves. And that has translated into a better relationship with my husband because if I feel better about my own body and about my own self, then I'm more apt to share that with him. And also the other part was I was so afraid that I was going to be sick, like just physically sick for so long that whenever I felt good, I wanted to say yes to him Mm. because I was afraid that there would be a time when I wouldn't be able to. So why not say yes now? And I still, yeah, I Yes. Well, I still try to take that mentality now. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is no other time when life is better than when you recover from feeling sick. When you're like, oh my God, I just need to remember how bad I can feel, you know, from gastro or whatever. So I'm just going to be grateful every single day. And then, of course, you forget. And, you know, you, you know, it's so interesting what you say about, um, being grateful to our bodies and not seeing all the little bits and pieces because, do you know, I reckon the person who sees the least is our partners who just want to want to touch and want to be held to hold and it doesn't matter that now that ass is a bit droopy and, you know, and I can I, sometimes if I say to my husband, oh, don't look, you know, if I'm having a fat day or something and he'll be like, like, who are you? What? And I realize how ridiculous I sound in that moment. And that his, the times when he looks at me with most sort of desire is when I feel amazing. So it's like, I don't want to get to a diagnosis of cancer before I can just like hearing you, your message and hearing yeah. you say that and reading it in your book was a big eye opener for me because, you know, we have our health right now. Um, something isn't, well, we never know what's looming around the corner, but it's like, hang on, when you stop and think about it, what do I really want this lifetime for? Do I want this lifetime to be about sticking to strict rules about food and exercise and routine and the expectations that everyone else has of me as a mother um, and, uh, you know, can't say no to invitations to things and must push on you know really no but we all get caught up in that I mean uh, it's an easy trap to get caught up into but it's how to make those conscious decisions that maybe I'm just not going to play into that today Mm. try it for the day or maybe it's you know for that weekend 
Yep. You know, it's it's those baby steps, right? We can't just say no to everything. Like that's just not realistic. But no. maybe what can I say no to today? Or you know what I'm finding is also it's about um being able to tune back in with yourself and realize, I guess, that I love that mobile phone battery analogy. You know, when is it getting low? When is it in the red? These are the moments when I need to to stop because yeah life is full I I want a full life but I don't want an overwhelmingly stressful life um I would love to know was there any ways in like were there was there any sneaky things when you really do you think you knew everything about um you know health before you got cancer like even things like I know your new business venture involves um cosmetics which is very exciting. Is that something you feel more passionately about now because, you know, there's so many other different things lurking that we're not consciously aware of? Like food is a is an obvious kind of thing? Yes. that I think that's an excellent point. And that was I, – I was just interviewed on WebMD as a breast cancer expert, and that was something that honestly came up organically mm-hmm. because as the woman kept pressuring me saying, well, you were doing all this before – And I'm like, you're right. The big thing, one of the big things that I've changed in my life was the things that literally went on to my skin. And I talk about in my book, do you have Costco? You have like a large box. Okay. So for years, I had this huge Costco size lotion of a brand that I'm not going to mention that I used I don't know, 25 plus years, like since college Wow! that I was using every day when I got out of the shower to put on my body and and moisturize me. And after I was diagnosed, I started reading about what's called endocrine disruptors. Mm. Like there's actual things in products that adversely affect your hormone levels. And since my breast cancer was hormone related, I really started taking a look at, well, what are the things that I can control in my life that might be affecting my hormones? Mm. When I started looking at this label, it had a very well-known endocrine disruptor as one of the first ingredients. (gasps) Oh, Christine. I'm not saying, I'm not saying by any means that this is what gave me cancer. But what I am saying is I have control over the things that I could put onto my body. So let me make a smart decision about the products that are touching my skin. And that, you know, that's kind of how this led to this whole non-toxic makeup. And I'm not a very big makeup wearer, but there are so many people that are. Yeah, I am, Christine. (laughs) You are not. I am. I love makeup. I I swear. Yeah, yeah. I would put makeup on most days. Yeah, yeah. Really? Totally. I I put on like lipstick. That's what's so funny about this is like (laughs) I don't really even wear makeup. But so many people do. Yes. So why not keep them safe? And especially like I think about my daughter. Honestly, Mm. I think about I don't have the gene of breast that breast cancer gene yep. that gets passed down. Mm-hmm. So what other things can I do for her to mm. keep her healthy and safe? And this is just one of those things. And I'm going to circle back to something we were talking about before yeah, about yeah, yeah. when a mom might say things mm. out loud about not feeling pretty. Like 
if we were alone in a room, that's one thing, but we both of us have other ears that live yes. in our house. Yes. And those are definitely messages that we don't want to be, you know, let our kids hear, whether male or female, about mommy doesn't. All right, there's a difference between like mommy doesn't feel well today and mommy doesn't feel pretty. Mommy feels mm. fat today. Mm. You know, those are, you know, or oh, that made my belly feel, you know, fat or I'm hanging out of my jeans or whatever it may be. But I'm very, very conscious about saying those words. And oh, my kids I- will call me on it all the time. Yeah, they sound like the coolest kids ever. Um, they are. They are. I just, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I really don't want my kids to, to hear me talking like that. But then also, um, yeah, I walk. It's a fine line when you're eating foods, and I'd love to know what you, what you did because I feel like sometimes you know kids rock up to my kids' birthday parties and they're like, ah. Oh, like where's the crazy colored birthday cake and where's all the lollies and I'll just have out popcorn and some homemade biscuits and you know a beautiful cake but it doesn't it doesn't have all the crazy colorings and all that stuff and um you know some homemade sausage rolls whatever and um I just I feel like I don't want them to miss out because they're going to other places where there's very exciting things for them. They are no doubt, like they're pumped when they see foods that they wouldn't have at home. And every time my son, who's now five, he'll be six in September, goes to a birthday party, he ends up with an ulcer and in his mouth. And it's now, he just, he gets run down from all the sugar Mm -hmm. and then, and he's, he, he just, he just will default, get an ulcer and it annoys him. And it lasts, you know, they last for days and he can't eat properly and he's really grumpy. And I talked to him about the connection between food and how we feel and what's going on. But you know, and food and let's try and have, you so this morning's like, I need something really, really healthy for breakfast. But then, you know, I also don't want them to ever feel guilty about experimenting with different foods and eating different foods because they have to make up their own minds. From someone who obviously brought their children up in a really healthy environment, how how is that something that you've spoken to them about? And, you know, even getting a diagnosis like cancer, you know, how has talking about healthy changed in your family and with your kids? Well, it's like you said, it's making those connections to how you feel. I mean, he's so little still, your son. <laughs> he doesn't like, get that. Like, he doesn't get the concept. I would never say, if you eat that, no, you're going to be, f- it, oh. Oof. No, it's more about, like, the sores in the your connection. mouth. Like, yeah. The connection of how he feels when mm. he has those foods. Um, and maybe it's it's always, nothing's ever black and white in our house. And we talk about that as a concept. It's never all or nothing. So it's never that I never, ever say, and never have for years said, um, you can't have Oreos. Mm, Do you have Oreos? Yeah, we have Oreos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, I would never say to my kids, we can't have Oreos in the house. And they might even buy a package at the supermarket if they were with me, but they'll sit on the shelf. Yeah, right. It's almost like the concept of, can we have it? And maybe they'll have one or two, 
but they'll go stale before that box is emptied. And that's the same, like we'll have chips, like chips are a thing at our house. Yep. And I'm not, I'm talking like tortilla chips and maybe a potato chip here and there. And again, I'll say yes, but they'll sit on the shelf. Yeah, like well. they might have them here and there, but they're just, they've always been like that though. Um, like they'll ask me, I'll say yes. And then it just doesn't get eaten. That's really amazing. Yeah. It is about the asking. It's about the, you know, just knowing how far that they can push. And sometimes, yeah, I don't want to create more battles in my house. And and I never wanted to be that mom to say no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I didn't want them growing up. I mean, I'm sure there'll be stories regardless about me. (laughs) Our kids will all end up in therapy about us for something or other. (laughs) Right, so why not? I didn't want the Oreos to be part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oreos are small frame. No, but I do. I mean, I like hearing that, um, you know, for all of the values that the mother can hold around food, it is our our children need to move through their lives and we can't control their choices. We can just do what we do at home talk about what we talk about and you know it's also the no the no guilt factor is something yeah. that I'm really big on as in no guilt for myself so if I do buy certain things I'm like whatevs you know yeah. we move on well, like holding on like, to that is toxic like for example um my kids might have oatmeal in the morning mm-hmm. but they might have the oatmeal with the sugar in it mm. do you know what I'm saying yeah. like is it the best? No. Is it better than like a sugary cereal? Yes. So I'm just going to let that be. Yeah. And I know eventually they'll might have some of mine that is just an oatmeal with some fruit in it. And it's the same for like a smoothie. I'll make a morning smoothie every day. They don't all drink that smoothie, but two of them do now. Mm. Like it's just, I, I really believe all my job is is to offer Mm. and still I mean now they're older but the line of it is is this is what I'm cooking if you're not interested what I am cooking you need to prepare something yourself I mean like I said they are older now um my older two will eat whatever but that young that 15 year old he still will prepare his own meals because he won't eat as healthy as we are and believe me he's a healthy kid but he just he likes things the way he likes things so he'll just make it himself but the offer is always there Mm. do you know what I'm saying Mm. like the the offer of the higher quality or whatever you want to call that food is always available if you choose to eat it and if not then you need to find yourself something else yeah oh Christine yes so much little nuggets of gold in this conversation that and every time I talk to you or every time I see what you're doing online it it just it's grounding because while because it's not lofty you know you're basically telling people to have more fun to yeah. let go and to you know just to roll with life instead of push and but you're also driven and ambitious woman and you're trying to pack a lot in but you know, you still prioritize your children and yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love everything that you're about. So thank you today. I would like to know, can you tell people how they can find you? Sure. You can find me at redefining dash 
healthy.com. And then you could find me on Facebook, which I'm sure you'll give out the link to. Yes, of course. Um, and then you can find my book on Amazon. I'm on Amazon and I'm on Barnes & Noble, which I think you guys get out there, right? Uh, no, we're not Barnes & no? Noble people. No, okay. so Amazon will be Amazon. the way to go for the Aussies yeah. listening. Yep. And my um, book will be coming out on audio soon. Oh, oh, I love listening to your voice. Can you tell everyone exactly where you're from? Do you want me to say it with that accent? Yeah, Is that what you said? Totally. It? Okay. I'm from New York. Or I should say I'm from Long Island. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. I'm from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Your message oh, is thank just you so amazing. much. Oh, I just love talking to you. We've just got to do this more often. And then you've got to yes. organize an Australian tour and then, you know. It's on the list. It's on the list. It really is. And also, can you just tell people this new, these cosmetics, what is the name of the brand? I know. The brand name is amazing. It's called Life on Mars. Love it. And it has so many meanings besides the obvious David Bowie meaning, but it there are a lot of different meanings with the Life on Mars portion. So... I can't wait to share that. Yeah, I can't wait for it to arrive. Thank you, Christine. Well, thank you so much for having me. And remember, don't sweat the small stuff. Done. And go have a dance party with those kids. Done. Dance party it is. Good, good. See you. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life. One small step at a time.